it's time for It Really Has Been. Now here's Darren and Dave. Hello everybody, it's David here. I'm here with my good friend Darren Smith. Say hello, Darren. Hello, Darren. Uh, you know what, Dave? I feel good tonight. I feel you do? good tonight. Yes, I do. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, I got to cross off one thing off my bucket list today. No kidding. Yep. Been wanting to do for a long time. You know That's what I did? That's hard to do in this COVID time, man. You know, oh, I know. You know what COVID, I did? COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted, me. yeah, I always wanted to lay naked Uh-oh. in front of a roaring fire on a bearskin rug. And mm-hmm. I got to do it. I did it today. You did? Of course I can, yeah. Of course, I can never go back to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, puts a puts a new light, a new light on the old uh, Uncle Herschel's sausage breakfast. I'm telling you. Anyway, go ahead, Dave. Sorry, I just had to tell you that. Uh, that was good, man. I like that. Part Opryland, part I don't know. Uh, Has been. <laughs> hey, man. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody for last week's uh, response to our our last podcast. Uh, everybody's really been great. Uh, and in their wonderful comments and just uh, enthusiasm, it's kind of pushing us along. So we thank everybody. Uh, so this episode, you know, uh, we're going to spend a little time playing, playing a little game called "Did You Know?" So, uh, no, so I did not. I'm on. <laughs> well, let me ask first. All right, I'm going to start with my brother Darren here. Darren, did you know that less than two percent of all players in Nashville, the Nashville Musicians Union, to be specific. They make less than 2% make 100% of their living playing music. Probably less than that now, all of them. So, but anyway, and even a smaller percentage, such as yourself, go on to produce hit making records and CMAs and Grammys and all that kind of stuff. Can you imagine the percentage that you represent? That's got to be really small, my man. I'm up like at least 63.5%. You know, it's funny. Funny, you know, I got I I, I do you know I, I won the CMA and I won the ACM for uh, Live Like You Were Dying, and I got nominated for I think three two or three Grammys, and never won that. You always got beat by people like Loretta Lynn, and so which is cool, you know. Or uh, Johnny Cash, and he was no or longer Johnny alive. Cash. Yeah, I mean, I can take that. Yeah, it's great, great company, well, my man. Is it my turn? Uh, sure. Okay. I didn't know he's taking turns, but go for it. Yeah. Did you know? Did you I know? No, I did not. Did you know that we played on 21 charted singles and seven number ones? That's amazing. Um, I knew the seven number ones. I didn't know the other. Isn't it amazing that when you're a kid, you think, Man, if I ever chart a record, I will watch that baby climb all the way to the top, and I'll know every day where it is. But little do you know, when you get there, you're too busy to be paying attention to all that stuff. Somebody would stop by today and go, did you guys, did you know your song went to number one? (laughs) I'd be like, what song is that? And, you know, it's just kind of like, what city you in? You don't even really, you're not really there to to keep hold of all no, that you, you're too close to the whole thing you know? you're too close you're in your little bubble and it's right there so close on you you can't see it all and usually you've uh, recorded the songs and forgot about it <laughs> you know really and you're already working on the next album so you're you're thinking about a whole new crop of songs 
Nowadays, I'm having a I have a hard time when someone says, "Man, did you play on like Home?" Where you know, or what album was that on? I couldn't tell you if I had to. I know, I mean, I know the song, and but I couldn't tell you if that was the first one, the Southern Voice. I have no clue, man. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't remember all the songs. I don't remember no. all the songs on the on the record. You know, I, I I don't even remember. I know that when we did Southern Voice, we cut like I don't know how many songs. And uh, some of them I still don't remember, you know, that I wonder what happened to those songs that never made it, you know? Yeah, I never heard them again anywhere, so they didn't make it on any other country platter either, you know? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, so it's my turn? Let me see what I can find here. Um, man, did you know, so we sold 602,000 copies of, of uh, the Dance Hall Doctor record. I really always thought all this time that that was, you know, Bam, that was the that was us, the top of the the top of the line there. But I did not know that, or did you know that Live Like You're Dying sold seven hundred and sixty-six thousand the first week? Uh, you know what? I did know that because I just looked it up today. <laughs> well, that's ten points for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and now the dance hall doctors is three times platinum now. And yeah. Live Like You Were Dying is four times platinum. That's four, right? But a lot of people don't know that Dancehall Doctor's record never debuted at number one. It was number two. I don't know who was number one. Do you? Um, that time, you know, we should find that out because that's interesting. I don't know. You know what? My Here's my number, uh, our debut number two story in the top 200. We was in L.A. at the airport, and I met, do you remember when I got to meet Maurice White? From yes, Earth, Wind, and Flat, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I was on a cloud nine from there, and I think that day we flew to New York. We stayed at the Marriott that night, going to play the next day to push this record. And we got late, got there late. I went outside. It was close to Thanksgiving, cold, and I walked down, and Tower Records was still there on the corner, and in one whole window was all of our albums. So I'm standing there in the middle of the night by myself, except the, uh, Chester, the Times man, uh, the Times Square joke man. He was not too far away. He's telling me jokes for like five bucks. So, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I didn't know this either. You know, Tim has sold over 40 million records. Is that, but you know, we're not really concerned with all that because we're going to stick to the, the records that when we were there. <laughs> right. But we did push a lot of records from 95 to 2000. Oh, we yeah. Just, we, you know, he had great records. I mean, we loved playing them live, you know. It's just, right. you know, I don't know. It was it was something weird about learning your own licks because by the time you go on tour and <laughs> and the songs are, you have to learn the songs again, you know. Right, and right. You have to, I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this, what I played and trying to play it. And after they edit it and everything, it's like I can't play this, you know. But you know, I ended up doing it. But <laughs> right. there was one like that there on the Dancehall Doctors record. I think it was the Dancehall Doctors record. Was that who are they? Was that on there? Who are they? The yes, it home? was. It was. On uh, there. I remember when I was recording that, I did like three or four solos, and uh, I think Eric Ludkins, the engineer, yeah. it was just me and him in the studio, and and John P, the the guitar tech. I think Denny was there and we were just cutting guitars and steel and just cutting more guitars. And right. Cause we didn't know, I, you know, I had, I was a producer on it, but at that first record, I didn't know what I was doing. I just said, well, I just put a bunch of stuff. And then if they don't and want we'll it, from it. I, yeah, at least they won't say, well, you should have put this in there. No, right. I put like 10 of those in there. Right. <laughs> but, so I did the solo and did about four times on who are they. 
And then uh, Eric Ludkins, he spliced it all together, you know? For one solo? Yeah, one solo. And then you was impossible to reproduce. And it was impossible for me to play. I mean, it just wasn't, you, you have to reach on a guitar. You have to make the reach. And, and it was just, I mean, it took me, it took me the whole tour where I could even play the solo, you know, and I don't think I ever got it right, you know, but that was a, I shouldn't have said that now. I suck. <laughs> Hey, I, I, you know what? I got it. So we're talking about that al- album. I found a couple reviews, a little thing. So check this out. So Billboard said that, uh, that that album was perfectly imperfect and totally fearless. And this may well be the crowning achievement in a career already studded with success. And then Amazon said McGraw craved the artistic freedom and the rawer sound he enjoyed with his road boys. He was correct in thinking the dance hall doctors would leave their own stamp on the music as well as put a 70s rock and roll feel to it. And then you had Rolling Stone that said uh, it sagged in spots and the producers missteps uh, adding fake R&B vocals. Did you guys oh, add wow. fake wow. R&B vocals? <laughs> wow. I didn't know anything about fake R&B and b vocals. Did they know that that record sprang a book? You know, like I, Probably York, not. Did you know? Did you know? That that book sold 250,000 copies in the first press release. Man, we didn't get a peanut from that either. <laughs> I got a book. Got I a got book, a book, yeah. and you guys didn't even sign it. It's in my bathroom. It's <laughs> good reading. It's know? good reading. So here, but I found a kind of odd review, and this guy summed everything up really quick. So let me read this one to you, okay? okay. He said, Mexico is where people, you know, the song, that's where God made Mexico. He was kind of shortening things. He said, Mexico is where people escape domestic problems instead of working them out. And he said, ticking away prescribes alcohol to wash life's disappointments and mild profanities pop up. And then he said, a remake of Elton John's Tiny Dancer admires a lover who laughs at Jesus freaks. Wow. (laughs) And then he said, real good man. And who are they? Seek to excuse occasional irresponsible, immoral behavior. Wow. They know us pretty good, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got another little tidbit. Let me throw one more at you. Did you know there was a string of number ones, and then we threw Red Ragtop out there, and it only hit number five? Yeah, I know that. And that was a great song. It was a great song. This is the little abortion controversy. Yeah, I know that one. You know when Indian Outlaw came out, I was I was there, you know, and uh, they were talking about the uh, the big thing was the Indian protests, you know. Right. Well, I was there the whole time. I saw one, and we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I saw one protest. There were five Indians there, five Cherokee Indians. Right. And uh, Wilma Mankiller, that was her name. She was the head of the Cherokee Nation. Came on the bus. And talked to Tim, and they all worked everything out. And then, but I mean, it was all promotion. Did they smoke the peace pipe? Yeah, I guess so. And because <laughs> it worked out from there, and popularity of all that, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, man, it was great. One time we was in Philadelphia, and I think you went with me. Uh, we took Gumby out for a walk. And uh, remember the Indian woman who was protesting, and she had a bird on her shoulder? 
Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't. It's very bizarre, and I have a picture somewhere. Are you that sure about I, this? What? What? Were you smoking something then, or something? Well, maybe, but you know, and we met Tex Cobb that day. Remember meeting Tex Cobb? We have a picture of Tex Cobb with uh, gum. I do remember that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the same day, we met you know the Indian lady who had a bird on her shoulder. Wow, maybe she was a pirate Indian. <laughs> Arg. <laughs> well, that's another show. The talk about the pirate day. That may come with the bus episode. Um, so you probably got a lot of stuff. I've been talking a long okay. time. Let me see. Let's see. Um, seven number one. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if, if you were in all these, but I was in fourteen of Tim's music videos. With the TV we did, uh, Leno, Letterman, Kimmel, Fallon, Ellen, and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Uh, How many times do we play Leno? Do you have any idea? Uh, I, I I played Leno five times. Got to be more. I think I played it eight. Oh, really? Well, then I played it nine. <laughs> I, <think laughs> uh, I mean, Letterman, I, I think it was like five times, you know. Yeah, I think three for me. I like Leno better than Letterman. It was yeah. really cold in the studio and, yes, and never, ever really talked to letterman leno used to come and hang out in the dressing room with us and joke with us and we gave him the uh paper for the monday night headlines remember we oh, found yeah, the, yeah. we was reading the paper in minnesota and we was going to the monday night uh, leno show we always played it on monday night I, always and i think let me see what it said it said it was about the marines taking guns and stuff from from uh people in iraq and it said uh commanders order marines to give up the booty I remember that. That was the headline. Didn't Dino (laughs) find that or something like that? I found it. You and I was in the in in our room, and I was like, "Smith, look at this headline." We was (laughs) we was doing our uh, cleanup room day. Yeah. So you know, we also played three three or four network TV specials. One was from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, where Brett was there, right? And then, uh, um, you know, one was in Tim's hometown, Start, Louisiana. And there was a couple more, but I don't remember. I th- the other one was called Reflected. That's where we played some in that club. What was the, the name of that famous club that was used to be a church in New York? Limelight, maybe? Or- Deja Vu? Deja Vu. No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, but that was it. Man, I, I was reading today that the uh, Sing Me Home had 10 million people watched the Sing Me Home special. Really? Yeah, wow. they Remember, they built a stage on at the Cotton Gin, on the Cotton Gin. I know. It was hot there, too. Man. It, it was, was hot. It was and, hot. you know, okay, you know, um, we did the Nashville Rising flood relief that was uh, for the flood that happened. I think, was it 2010? Something like that. That was an amazing uh, do day. You right know, do you know, Dave, that <laughs> that concert and everything uh, raised $2.2 million? I did not know that. Yeah, for for Middle Tennessee residents that were affected by the flood. And also, we backed, and you know this, we backed almost, I think, pretty much 26 different artists. Yeah, there were so many people. I bet we couldn't name them all if if you paid us. No, no. The only ones we didn't didn't back up was ZZ Top. Right, right. They did their own thing, and they didn't want us on stage. I have a lot of pictures uh, from my... uh, my spot back there with all, you know, all these people, my great memory is, um, is, uh, Gary Rosington's little amplifier was right in front of my rig and they walked on that day, you know, and he kind of looks over and, you know, kind of nods at me. 
He didn't seem like he wanted to say hi a whole lot to nobody. He was a little quiet fella. But, man, he plugged that up and ripped off the first, uh, you know, the intro at this Call Me to Breeze. Or, I just couldn't believe it. My mind, I'm standing right there, and he's ripping that lit, that uh, guitar riff off. It was, oh, yeah. It was mind-blowing, man. I couldn't believe I was standing up there with these guys. You know what I remember from that, that show? What's that? Is that uh, when Miley Cyrus got up there. Yeah. And you know how huge she, you know, Hannah Montana and all that at that time. Right. Right. And, and everything. And she said, she looked back at us and said, I can't believe I'm on stage with the famous dance hall doctor. <laughs> she did like, say that. Wow. She did that. She's a worldwide superstar. Oh, yeah. I know. I, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I had taken my daughter to see uh, her on her Hannah Mont Best of Both Worlds tour. Right. And uh, Billy Ray, uh, her father, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus, of course, everybody knows him, had got us tickets, you know. Right. It was funny how that happened because we were playing, uh, you know, I forgot about these, the Today Show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at Rockefeller Center. The, the, con the summer concert series. Yeah, we were playing that. And remember, Billy Ray was there. And right, he was just right. hanging out. And uh, I remember he gave you his phone number. And you he like, did. Man. He gave me his phone number. I told him, I said, dude. <laughs> I got a, at that time, I don't know what, I know she was nine or 10, but I said, you know, my daughter's nine or 10 and she's a huge, you know, fan of your daughter. I know she's coming to Nashville and I'd love to see her. He goes, well, here's my number. Call me up before it is and I'll set you up. And man, I called him and he, he had backstage passes. We went back and ate with uh, Miley and her mother. No kidding. In catering and hung out for a while. And then we set, right off stage i mean right side stage you know and it was just you know everybody gave billy ray a bunch of flack but man he was a, he's a super super he's a nice. great guy i remember once he opened for us somewhere it's one of those festivals and it was he got off stage and people was along the fence lines in the back everywhere and he was out there when, when we went to the stage he was still out there Oh yeah, you he'd know, stay out there till everybody was gone. Kind of like guard, you know. Yeah, he was. He was. He's an amazing guy, man. I love that old. Boy. I love that old boy. He used to do a lot of West Virginia running, man. With oh some yeah, of my friends. Yeah. So yep. you know, we also played, man. That was really cool. Uh, Live Eight in Rome, Italy. Yes, we that did was do very that. Cool. We, we we were there like what four or five days, and we only played like one day. One day, yeah. Oh God, it seemed like. I mean, I don't know how many people were there, but it had to be close to a million. Because, I mean, you could look out off the stage and you couldn't see the end of people at Circus right. Maximus. Well, hi there. That was my dog. That was uh, my yeah, dog. Circus Maximus was crazy to play there, knowing that the chariot races and, you know. Oh, I know. I know. You know, it was funny, too. Remember when me and you, uh, well, first of all, you remember when we were riding the subway to get to the Coliseum? We were going to the Coliseum in Rome, and this old lady tried to pickpocket you. Yep, she got her. She had a, she had about four digits, uh, knuckle deep in my pocket. I know. And I slapped and my hand right on top of her of her hand, man. It scared she, me. I remember you said she. It ain't enough for me to whoop an old lady's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she spoke American though. She was speaking English. You didn't say that in Italian. You just said it in American. But I laughed. It was funny to me. And then we went to the Coliseum and we walked around that thing. It was just amazing. And they had those uh, actors that were dressed up like Centurions and and Caesar and Cleopatra and all that. 
And uh, I remember one thing, we were walking around there, and one of the centurions looked at us and says, where are you from? And we said, Tennessee. He goes, oh, Jack Daniels. <laughs> we're like, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know what? That's funny. What stands out in my mind is you and I walking through Rome, and they have these great, beautiful doorways everywhere. And every time you looked over, you saw, you would be like, oh, great knockers. I mean, you. <laughs> I remember that. You, you had a comment about knockers like all day long. Look at the knockers on that. You know, it was. Uh, you know, it was really cool because we end up getting these medallions from uh, the Vatican that were blessed by the Pope. Yes. You still have yours? No. You don't? <laughs> no, I lost my blessings from the Pope, man. I'm sorry. You're not Catholic anyway, are you? I was an altar boy when I was a kid, but that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's don't go there. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. No, I was uh, I was just amazed at some of these stats and stuff. And I, I know you weren't there, Dave, but I got to tell you about when uh, it was me and Denny, the steel player, uh, and Tim, we flew over to Oslo, Norway, and did the Nobel Peace Prize Awards. I remember. And I, I, can't, I can't tell you who... Wanted, I think it was that lady from Iran that did all that, you know, humanitarian. The young lady? Yeah. Yes. Shame I don't know her name. Yeah, I don't either. And we played with the uh, Oslo, or the Nor- I guess it's the Oslo Symphony or the Norway. But uh, we also played with like three other, four other guys that um, didn't speak English. They, <laughs> so that was kind of weird. Didn't you learn some good words when you was there? Do you remember any of those words? No, I don't remember none. I remember no. when you came back and Denny was speaking, you know, whatever. They... Yeah, we, we just made up our own. <laughs> Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. We had we had words like, you know, schnorgen and fits and groovers and, you know, which were fish dicks. And, I don't know. I don't know. We That's just made funny. them up. But, but, you know, we were there at the show and Robert Plant was there. Um, from Led Zeppelin, but he at that time he was with doing the Honey Drippers thing, mm-hmm. and uh, so they came on before us, uh, and then we came on and we were doing I, I can't even remember the songs we did, but I think it was Please Remember Me and something else, right. and and we were in the green room and he was in there and and I I had to go up and I mean come on <laughs> I gurned him bad he did yeah, yeah well it was him and Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones was there all in the green room and I gurned them all I was like I'm in Norway you know I'll never come back here right right you probably never see them again either I know I never so uh, I remember Robert Plant says uh, yeah I really uh, I really like that song you did uh, I'm not real familiar with country music um, who did that but he loves Allison Krauss. Yeah, well that that was after I think, and then he said, "Well, um, you know, what did you what did you grow up listening to?" And I said, "You, dude." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I remember when you guys got back, and I and um I was germing you because you had germed him. I was like, "You met Robert Plant," yeah. and you looked at me and you said, "Yeah," and dude, his head was huge. Oh, he had a and huge I- head, dude. He had a he had a Garth head. It was huge, man. You know, you know what's funny about that that whole trip is that uh, I, I, you know, you know, I hate flying. You know that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I got used to flying. I used to be scared of it, and I kind of got used to it. Right. You know how I did that? I got. I made myself go to sleep whenever I got on the plane. Right. You know, I just, I just go to sleep and wake up, and we were there, and so I didn't worry about it. And and anyway, so 
we had this long, we had to fly to New York, then to, then the Heathrow, then layover a little bit there, then head on to somewhere in Denmark and then on to Oslo. Oh, Copenhagen, Denmark, then to Oslo. And, uh, to play two songs. Private, private flying? No, no, no. Commercial. No. <laughs> but we are, we were in first class. So that made a lot better. Right. But so I, I, uh, I think I took a, some, or somebody gave me or something, a sleeping pill and I don't, you know, to help mm-hmm. me, you know, kick out. Cause I thought this is going to be a long <laughs> one, you know? Right. So I took it and our plane got delayed. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So here I am in the airport going, <laughs> you know, trying to stay awake. So I fall asleep when we get on the plane and we go to, to New York and then I wake up, change planes, fly to London, then, uh, you know, sleep all the way there. And yeah. And then they wake me up and drag me through the airport to, (laughs) and then, you know, we were first class. So we got to go to the, uh, Admiral's club, you know, right. Right. They had a real nice one in Heathrow. So I put my headphones on and I'm sitting there on the couch and I crash out. Well, I wake up and I don't know what time it is, when my plane is, where the other guys are, anything. I'm just sitting there by my, well, when I fell asleep, I was by myself. When I woke up, there's like 20 people around me <laughs> all looking at me. And I know I was snoring big time. And they're all going to Singapore. <laughs> no, they're all going, my word, listen to that bloke. Yeah. So scared me to death. And luckily I, I started to walk out of the Admiral's club and the other guys were walking in. And so I, I made it all right. We made it over there and back. That's, that's a good story, man. I like that. Yeah. I, I forgot all about that story. That's I, I never got past, um, man, his head was huge. I mean, we, we never, oh, yeah, so it's nice to hear all that. I don't know why we never went any farther. <laughs> you know, it's probably a good thing that Tim Candace, you know, cause I was reading those stats, you know, dance hall doctor, 602 first week. Live like you were dying 766,000 first week. Let it go 325 first week. Southern voice 705. No, that's going backwards. You can see what's happening there is that it's, it's starting to be musical downloads are starting to come and, and taking our thunder. You know, it's if if somebody now had 700 and some thousand first week, yeah. it would be totally people would lose their minds. No. I remember when Taylor Swift did like a, you know, a million, it's, it's not a real far past that. I mean, that's a pop artist doing three, 400,000 more than our first week. Eminem was popping them up, you know, and they had the whole pop. They had the whole pop audience. Now it's totally different. It's, now it's totally different though. You know, yeah. you can be number one and sell, you know, 25 copies. <laughs> <laughs> Right, sixty-eight thousand copies of your album sold, and you know, and you're yeah. you're on TV, and you're yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, man, I did see. Uh, there's a, I had a couple more things here that I thought was pretty neat. Um, in two thousand and three, poor Renee, we added twenty-five thousand fans to our fan club. Really, I did not know that. You did not know that. I did not either. And I wonder if wonder if we helped her any that year or should we be calling to apologize because <laughs> that poor baby was swamped wasn't she oh she was she works her booty off of she sure you know? does and god love her she's such an angel she sure is she's got the heart i need to hit her up for some swag you do you need new swag well not for me oh for well some, some there you go <laughs> keychains and stuff yeah. like that there's some people that i know yeah. She probably got some swag for you, the left and the right. I know it. I don't, you know, last I heard they weren't in the office for a while, you know. 
I don't think I think she just goes every once in a while just to you know feel better about getting out of the house. You know what else did I have? I had um let's see 2006 third in Polster behind um we was third in the world behind the Rolling Stones and Barbara Streisand in tour either tour gross or tour revenue. I'm not really sure uh, what that stat was, but you know here's something not any I don't know anybody who really knows this. But did you know, I know you know, that Don Henley and Timothy B. Schmidt sang on Illegal? Yes, I do. And if you listen closely, you will hear an eagle-sounding background. And you know what else? On uh, We weren't on all of emotional traffic. That's when we, he did swap back over to session players, but we were on one tune. Right. Uh, what was the name of it? Only Human. Only Human and Neo. That was pretty cool. Yep. So my resume, you know, on producer went up, you know, with Don Henley. And even though I wasn't even there when they cut, right. You know, yeah, that's, some, that's killer right there. I mean, goodness gracious. I put that album on the other day and went out and worked in the yard and I hadn't listened to it in a long time. I was, made me want to call you guys and go, you guys are some badasses. I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really neat. That's probably my favorite, favorite album, you know. I can go back and forth. There's parts about Southern voice that I really love. And that, that was all struggle to make and all. So, you know, as far as producing, you know, the, the I mean, in playing that the dancehall doctors, I, I think the fact that we were scared to death and not knowing what we're doing. And that's like your first baby. Yeah. It was like, Oh man, you know, yeah. after we did a few, it kind of, we kind of got used to it and started pumping them out you remember we went in there and did the the tracks we did a bunch of tracks really fast like it took a lot of pressure off of us because we just blitzkrieged through a bunch of stuff and it took a time pressure off of us and and i think it gave us a confidence that man we can do this we are able to do this you know and tim had believed in us all along but we had this nagging little thing and you know the whole town behind the nagging little thing going you guys can't do that you can't leave town and record that you can't you know well you know for so long it was a split world you know there's session players that play on the records and then there's live players that play on the road right and the whole thing came down to tim wanting to make an album that had the sound that we got live on stage that's right. why he got me to produce and and that's why he got the band to play you know so we could get that you know. I man we'd spend months on those songs you know he'd just hand us a demo and we'd take it away and and tear it down not dissected, man. We just dissected. Some come back kind of the same, and some was completely different. So yeah. that was a great experience, man. I mean, to go somewhere and just isolate yourself with all those wonderful amenities, and you know, we was living, we was living it up, my brother. That was something oh, else. Yeah, it was fun. But now here we are. <laughs> here we are. What is left of a husband and a wife? <laughs> I'm broken out of work. That's a- <laughs> You know, this uh, COVID thing going on, every one of our brothers is in the same boat we are. You know what me and you are? We we went from able to disabled. (laughs) (laughs) And been to has been. (laughs) Been to has been. Speaking of that, dude, what what are we going to talk about next week or next Um, show? I think we're just going to like take some bus adventures or something. Maybe maybe talk about bus times or uh, we got some characters we'd like to introduce people to because man they're important and and to go with the story the rest of our times while while we tell all these stories you're gonna have to know who blonnie sweet is oh yeah and, you know, 
we should tell them about, you know, bus etiquette and bus movies and how do you spend, you know, actually you spend most of your time on the bus, you know, you, you really do. How do you pass the time? And we, right. we sure know how. And what's the first thing you look for in the morning? Uh, the bathroom. <laughs> Poor someone. <laughs> I wanted to say it eloquently, you know, but you right. can, uh, the toilet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, the, the porcelain and uh, which way's the room? Which way's the hotel? You know, I don't know if you ever did this, but remember when we were doing like five and six in a row and we'd stay in a different hotel every day and uh, we would go up to the room, use the porcelain, and then we'd go down and try to find some breakfast. Right. Well, a lot of times they give you those keys that don't have your room number on them. So you come downstairs and then you eat or go somewhere and eat and you come back to your hotel and go back up and go, Dang, I can't remember where my room is. <laughs> or you go back to where you was yesterday. Yeah, so you can't remember the room number. Well, that was yesterday. Well, right. You have to go downstairs and go the, what's my room? <laughs> who are you? I don't even know who I am. And if you don't have your, your ID, you're messed. Right, and we wasn't carrying our IDs around. We was half-dressed. I know. <laughs> in fancy hotels. I used to love to get up out of the bunk and walk in a Ritz, you know, or one of those Oh yeah, you know Four Seasons or one of those off the chart place, and you got one eyeball open because you just woke up and you're going to the room and you're dragging a bag and your hair's messed up and you got sleep pants on and and you're getting beside a guy in the elevator got a three thousand dollar suit on. Oh, I know. You know, and sometimes they know they can see your bus out there and you know they're looking at you going, man, I wish I had his gig. I know that's so <laughs> weird because at the same time we're thinking. Man, I wish we were staying where the crew is over at the Motel Six because they got a Burger King across the street, and we got a and the mall. I know, yeah. and we got to pay twenty four dollars for a hamburger. Right? What was the we we had a record? What was it? Thirty eight dollars for breakfast? Was that our record about two thousand ten? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Now we'd probably smoke it now. I bet it's sixty eight bucks. Probably so. It's, it's got to be. Well, brother, about time to wrap it up. Man, it looks like another thirty five minutes or so is. Uh, went by i've enjoyed it man i hope you all have enjoyed it and uh, come back and uh, catch the next one so you ready to say good night dave good night dave all right bye y'all ride our bus town to town everybody was a getting down pack it up and do it all again the hillbilly has been The days of old have come to pass Even though we was kicking ass We're other fans but we need some friends Hillbilly has been